Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, YouTube? Welcome to the actual first ever Fightful Podcast, boxing podcast, I should say. Today is April 14th. I'm Carlos Toro, as always, and joining me, as always, the one, the only, Stephen Muehlhausen. How are you doing, Stephen? I am great. I went to Eric Church last night, which was amazing. He was, even though he was 30 minutes late, he made up for it by playing a nearly four-hour show, so... White Castle, if you don't know what White Castle is, it is the place to go at 2 o'clock in the morning. And did that, got up early this morning, and we're rocking and rolling early in the morning. So, early in the morning here in Chicago. So, good to see you. We're we're definitely looking forward to this. Let's rock and roll, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We wanted to do a podcast on Monday uh, to discuss the Lomachenko fight. Uh, That uh, stuff happened. We We weren't able to do it. But, uh, but yeah, I, we can still talk about, talk about it because Saturday was a very big day for boxing. Actually, for boxing and MMA fans, UFC 210 was a pretty good pay-per-view. And we got two pretty decent uh, boxing cards. One in England, uh, Terry Flanagan versus Peter Petrov. And then the HBO card between Lomachenko and Jason Sosa. And, my God, uh, Lomachenko, he looked fantastic on Saturday. He looked amazing. He looked amazing, and it was the one thing when me and you were talking about this last week. And then I thought about it a lot more, and I'm like, man, I think – and then I started to watch I – watched, then I watched all his fights. And I'm like, this kid's on another level. You just – you saw it, and, I'm, and, I, and I talked to him, and I'm like, man, I'm like, this kid's going to be great. And then I didn't watch the fight until – early Sunday morning and I'm like, this kid's on another level, you know, and Jason Sosa is not a bad fighter at all. I think Jason Sosa is a really good fighter. And is he on the level of like a Carl Frampton or 
guys that are going to be coming up at 135 and guys on that level, is he on the level of a Terrence Crawford? Absolutely not. But he's a good litmus test. The guy's, he's had 23 20 fights. Another step up in terms of fighting, fighting a guy with a lot of experience. He wiped that guy out. That was a 27-minute ass-kicking. Sorry for my language. I don't, say, I don't swear too often. A 27-minute ass-kicking. There wasn't a second in that fight where he wasn't winning. That's how dominant he was. He didn't take a second off. You get a lot of guys, and you see this, Carlos, and, and all our fans see this when you're watching a boxing fight, and the guys clearly had they'll take rounds off. You've seen that with Floyd. You see it with Manny. You, you see it with Golovkin. You know, you, you even see it, you know, with Klitschko and guys like that. You know, they take a, a round or two off. They don't want just to kind of, for whatever reason. But this guy's awesome. He didn't take a round off. He, you, got to, you can make the case. He's the best pound-for-pound pound boxer in the world today. And you can legitimately make that case based off of only nine fights, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think the fact that this guy has been able to just have the stamina to actually pull all of those punches. And I'm, actually kind of, I'm going to look up because uh, I was watching the fight on my phone, and, and I want to actually check the punching stats. Uh, final punching stats by Compu, uh Copy box scores, uh, 696 punches thrown, 275 of them landed. Jason Sosa attempted 286 punches. The work rate that Lomachenko has is at an absurdly high level. And it's something that we haven't seen this consistent in a good while. I mean, we haven't seen that kind of work rate from a guy like him you know, maybe over a decade who can, it was able to go nine rounds deep and not take the foot off the pedal, not even once. And I, you know, I'm really excited about the possibility that Lomachenko might move to 135 pounds and uh, maybe we could see a Lomachenko Terry Flanagan fight or Lomachenko Mikey Garcia fight. I don't know if that's going to be the next fight, but, there's certainly no, interest. I don't think so. Mark Mikey Garcia is the fight to me. I don't think they're going to make it now. I think that's a fight. Maybe we see at the end of the year. If we see, if we don't see it at the end of the year, we see it eighteen. Because that's the fight to make it 135 pounds. He's going to move up. It's just a matter of I. Maybe not, this is why I don't think it's the next fight. Because I think he takes one more fight at 30. I think he goes up to 35, gets a fight or two there, and then he'll come back, and I think then he'll fight my, then he'll fight Garcia because that is the fight to make in that weight class. It really is. It'd be a mega fight. The, and the thing is, you know, with boxing these days, a lot of these big fights are hard to make. This fight will be pretty easy to make. Considering the past with Mikey and Bob Arum, I think, and the fact that Top Rank wants him back, which a lot of people aren't talking about. So I think the I think this fight will be very easy to make if and when it happens. They both still have to win. Don't get me wrong, and I think they will. But if they get through the test, they they have to get through. I think this will be the fight to make either at the end of this year or some or the first quarter of 2018. And speaking of you know big fights, uh, you know and you know just the other boxing guy that I was mentioning, Terry Flanagan versus Peter Patrick, that was a pretty good uh, boxing card. I don't know if you. Uh, 
managed to watch it, watch that fight, but it was a it was a good fight. It was much closer than a lot of people were making out to be. The broadcasters were just absolutely uh, shilling for Terry Flanagan throughout the entire fight. But I think you know maybe Terry Flanagan's another you know if. Bob Aaron says, all right, I think you're a big enough star to make the jump immediately and go for a title. You know, probably better off to start off with Terry Flanagan than uh, go straight for Mikey Garcia. And, I mean, the way I saw Terry Flanagan on Saturday, I honestly think Lomachenko could beat uh, uh, Terry Flanagan because Terry Flanagan looked flat-footed at times. He wasn't taking advantage of the very predictable game plan that Peter Petrov was was trying to do, which was he was trying to attack the inside, trying to make it a fight up close. And Flanagan, at times, he was moving. He was dodging and able to see what Petrov was doing, but he wasn't really taking advantage. And I thought that fight was tied after 10 rounds. Some of the judges had it. Flanagan uh, winning by a considerable ma- margin. Someone, one of the judges had him had fun again winning a complete sweep which i did not agree in the least bit but hey lomachenko versus Flanagan, that wouldn't be a bad fight and i think lomachenko could win somewhat easily kind of work, i want to work back a little bit and just and talk about the fact that, and this was something i think a, i know for a fact a lot of people weren't talking about this aired live on twitter you know, you you look at that, and I give credit where credit's due because a lot of people, and we've been talking about this fight for a couple weeks, and a lot of fans here wanted to see it. You're only going to be able to watch it on Sky, Sky pay-per-view, and you're going to have to pay like ten ninety-nine, whatever the – I don't know what the conversion is in England. But oh, Banner Promotions was like, you know what, let's get this fight here. And they did. They put it, got it on Twitter. The world can watch. I don't know the the final numbers. I know they were. I know it was in like right around the hundred thousand the last time I had checked. But I give a lot of credit for it. The fight, the fight was what the fight was. I don't know what fight in a moment, but I don't. That I think that's amazing. Because maybe I think now maybe we start seeing that more for fights we want to see in Europe. Or even down in you know in Mexico, the new way they're going to do things is airing fights like that on social media. Maybe not on just on Twitter. Maybe we start seeing stuff, you know, on Facebook. So, I think in terms of a historical aspect for trying it like this, I think it was a success, regardless of what you think of the fight. The fact that technology is now where the fact that we can air a boxing fight on live on social media, I think, is amazing. So. I give props to that because I think that's the new wave of the future. And, you know, they took a big step in that last Saturday. And one thing that I noticed is I was watching the entire stream, aside from the broadcast starting insanely late. Uh, it was supposed to start at 5 p.m. Eastern time. I think the broadcast actually started somewhere around 5.30, 5.45. And I don't know why they couldn't just air one of the undercard fights to at least whet our appetite because Nicole – La Adams, who was the fight before Terry Flanagan versus Peter Petrov, um, she's a good boxer. She is a two-time Olympic gold medalist in England. She absolutely dominated 
her opponent uh, four-round sweep. She won 40 to 36. And listen, if you want to keep women's boxing on the up and up, and they and the United States, they've been doing it. You know, hey, they should have at least done this, uh, aired this fight if you had, you know, the free time. And overall, I, I agree with you. I thought the the fact that it was on Twitter was a resounding success. I didn't have any problems whatsoever when I was watching it. Had encountered zero streaming issues, which is, I think, the key part about doing something like this and experimenting with the, with this type of broadcast. And you know, there were no tech issues, no audio issues. Uh, as you mentioned, hundreds of thousands of people watched it. So the interest is there. And I think we're going to see a lot more of these Europe and Mexico cards being broadcast on social media. I think that's going to be really good for the sport. You know, and it's, and you got to think if you're even HBO and Showtime, you have to look at this and be like, I'm not saying air Vasil Lomachenko and Jason Sosa. I mean, maybe air some undercard fights that are going to come on before the broadcast starts. Like, Next weekend, you get the card on show on Showtime with uh, Andre Berto and Sean Porter, and you got the uh, the Jamal Charlo fight. The Luis Ortiz fight is going to be on Showtime Extreme. Why don't you air that on Twitter? Why don't you? Why don't they put that on Facebook? You know, if I'm Showtime and I got a big, I got a big fight like that, especially a guy in Ortiz, and we'll talk about it more next week. But a guy that is a legit contender in the heavyweight division, why don't you put that fight on? That would be you know just to garner more interest. Because then you can say, hey, go to Showtime. And if you don't have Showtime, go order Showtime. It's going to cost you $9.99 a month or whatever Showtime, much Showtime is now. Consumer economics. If you do that, you can maybe get some churn. The churn can be people will come in. If they don't have it, they'll buy it. And then if they already are, you'll, if they already have Showtime, more people will watch things. That card, I think, is going to be really good. And then if you're HBO, when you say when it comes time for, because they're not going to air a card until Canelo and Chavez. Put like the fights that are going to air before pay-per-view. Maybe it's starting at like 7 Eastern. Put a couple of the fights on Facebook live. Put some of them on Twitter. Just start being more creative because then maybe that's going, maybe if someone's on the fence for a pay-per-view, you can go that route because you know WWE used to do it with like the free-for-all. In the 90s, that was like they'd give you a match or two, and then that was the reason to go. That, that was the hook for you. And like what they did this year for WrestleMania, the last two years, they put it on USA. If you're on the fence, either order it on pay per view, or if you don't have the network, go get the network. So it's just getting ahead of the times. And I don't know, okay, it gets Showtime and HBO, but hopefully. They're starting to get better, but they're still a little bit lagging in the time. So, big step. I Hopefully, all the other networks and other promotions are seeing this because I think if you do it in Mexico, you do it in Europe, you start doing it in Asia, I think, I think boxing can be more of a worldwide sport because it should be a worldwide sport, not just the United States and Europe and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, Showtime does a better job with this because they do have the Showtime app, and you can get a, I think it's a week or a, I, I don't remember if it's a two-week free trial or a month free trial where you can stream Showtime and I believe Showtime Extreme. They do a better job at it, but sometimes it's just not enough. I, and I look at HBO, and the and one of the reasons that I think HBO is losing is because they don't, they all they have is a channel. HBO Now and HBO Go, 
they don't have the live streaming. They don't have a way to broadcast their pay-per-views on the internet, which is something that I think a, they are missing out a lot. Look at Top Rank. Top Rank is doing now experimenting with broadcasting their own pay-per-views. You know, you can say what you say, uh, want to say about, you know, maybe the broadcasting, that it's different, or the fact that, you know, not a lot, only like 300,000 people only bought the backyard pay-per-view, but at least they're trying. And I think the fact that you're at least offering the, the opportunity to buy it on the internet is certainly a huge boost. And I really wish HBO would do this because they, I, 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 you know, can't you look- I can't imagine they don't have the money for it because I think they do. They, if they just invest on something for iPay-per-views. Something where they don't have the money. And, and this is this like this big mis- misconception. Oh, they don't have the money. No, they got the money. It's just the lack of them not wanting to spend the money. And, and I give Top Rank credit. Everyone bashes Top Rank. But if you sit and look at it, ooh, Golden Boy's done the same thing for the last couple Canelo, the last two Canelo fights. You know, so you you look at that and it's it's just smart economics. They did it for the Liam Smith fight. And talk about Liam Smith missing weight. What in the blue moon was that? That's for a whole other issue, but that that was that was horrible. And that was quite disappointing. So I was looking forward to that fight. But Golden Boy is doing it. Top Rank's doing it. You know, you got WWE with the network. The UFC's doing it. UFC's seeing a boom right now in iPay-per-views. About the last year or so, the UFC's really caught on in terms of internet pay-per-view. You know, you got WWE doing it too. So it's the, the benchmark is there. The, what you can see is there. Golden Boy's doing it. Top Rank's doing it. You know, it's time for HBO, Showtime. You've got to start doing this. Even if you have a paywall, that's fine. Have a paywall. It's un- you should have a paywall. It's the, what we just what we were just talking about, Carlos. It's the lack forward with the times. Why aren't we moving forward with the times? It's This is 2017. This isn't 1987 anymore. This isn't 1987. We're in 2017. If you're going to be like this, you want to make money. This is a this is a money making business. Everyone's doing this to make money. No one's doing stuff out just for fun. Fight for fun? I don't think so, man. I'm not getting hit in the face for money. I'm not gonna get hit in the face for an ice cream cone. Common sense here, and let's hope. Think we will? Just based on knowing. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Showtime. I will give Steven Espinosa and the guys at Showtime credit. But HBO, I don't think will do it, but Showtime has a shot. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, you take advantage of Facebook. That's another avenue to do some, to do some of these live fights, such as Twitter. And you're right, you know, Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions, they've been doing it for the past Canel, uh, couple of Canelo fights. That's how, I, that's how I watched the last Canelo fight. It, um, and I was doing, like, coverage – of that fight all the way back in November. I was doing the, uh, I ordered the iPay-per-view because where I am, I'm a college student. The, the university doesn't offer, uh, they don't offer pay-per-views with our TV deal and not a whole ton of bars will want to actually uh, broadcast uh, boxing pay-per-views. At least the ones that we want to see, the diehard boxing fans yeah. want to see, unless it's like a Pacquiao-Mayweather fight iPay-per-view is the way to go for the sport moving forward. What college do you go to? Uh, Ryder University. 
I'm going to blast Ryder, Ryder University right now. Ryder University, have pay-per-view. Come on. <laughs> What's with these colleges? Come on now. Come on. My man Carlos needs to watch boxing pay-per-views. Come on, people. Jesus. I try not to get on a, Yeah. But if, for the people we have watching for the first time, I am a little boisterous. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat anything, ask my wife. God bless that woman. But me and you have been doing this for a couple of weeks now, and I, I don't really hold nothing back. And I still can't believe these colleges, though. They do not. Do you even have a cable box? Or are they still doing, like, the hardwired cable that you have to put into the TV with no box? Um, so, no box. And, and listen, and I love the uh, – and I really like the TV deal that we have. We I think we switched to um, – Wow, I am blanking right now. I'm going to actually check because I have the app on my phone. <laughs> Xfinity. We have Xfinity. <laughs> I'm from Puerto Rico. We don't have Xfinity. So this is still a new thing for me. Um, but, yeah, we have Xfinity. And at the very least, um, it's a much better deal, TV deal. But, yeah, I really wish we had iPaper. Oh, I'm blasting it. Come on. Come on, Ryder University. Come on. You're taking my poor man's tuition money. Come on. You guys are making these colleges, man. They make all this money. And you can't give people the chance to order pay-per-views. Take it out of my tuition. Put a little extra on my tuition. For come on, very disappointing. But anyways, back to back to we're gonna go off. We're gonna we're gonna go off on rants here, ladies and gentlemen. There's we're gonna. This is a mainly a boxing podcast, but when we notice something, trust me, we're gonna blast some people. And this starts right here. We're blasting people. Ride the university. You're getting blasted right now. I think it's a little ridiculous, but it's a shame. I'm glad I'm old enough now where I'm not in college anymore. I don't have to deal with that because I would go blast people. But I'm uh, – uh, yeah, and yeah. listen, and to all the people that are watching for the first time, welcome. Uh, and for all those that have been returning uh, for the past couple of weeks, thank you so much for all the support, all the views. Uh, for the first two weeks, we did pretty good numbers, all things considered. The second podcast, the numbers have been – Steadily growing after I thought that the number we didn't get get a good start, but we're all practically at the, almost at the same amount of views as the first boxing uh, podcast, which completely shot our ex- expectations. And thank you so much. So can, please continue supporting Fightful. We really, you know, you guys are the reason we're still doing this three weeks in. Oh, absolutely, and you know, there. I mean, I've said this to you off air, and I've said it to a couple people off air as well, that, you know, this has exceeded my expectations so far. Just, you know, and we had a lot of great video podcasts. We really do. We got, you know, stuff with my man Showdown Joe, Matt Riddle, Sean Pearson, Elias Thirdo, the man with the best hair in all of mixed martial arts. You know, got stuff with Matt Riddle, Shane Holmes, the man himself, Sean Ross Sapp. You know, so we got a lot of Jimmy Van. We got, a, we got some unbelievable podcasts in wrestling, MMA. This is the only boxing podcast, so the fact we got we get one day a week is a good start. So you know what, like, just keep watching, keep listening. Thank you guys for the support; we greatly appreciate it. Yep, and uh, you mentioned you mentioned a couple of times disappointment, uh, and I wanted to and I wanted to revisit that for just a very brief second. Oh, that Liam no. Smith. Come on. I know where, I know where you're. Oh, oh yeah, Liam Smith. Oh, okay, I thought you were <laughs> someone else. Oh wait, I think I know what you're referring to. Well, don't worry, we will get to that. We will get to that. Um, but the Liam Smith fight versus Liam Williams, and for those of you who don't know, uh, on the undercard of the Terry Flanagan versus Peter Petrov 
Uh, it was Liam Smith versus uh, Liam Williams. Uh, and that was going – a lot of people were excited about this fight. The day before the fight, Liam Smith uh, missed weight uh, by, I think, about like a pound or so. And so that was going to be a title fight. Uh, I believe – I don't believe, I don't remember if it was the world title fight or was the international. Uh, it was a title – it was a title fight at 54. Yeah. And 154 pounds. And he missed weight by two pounds, which is, I, you know, and I, you know, I really try to, actually, I'll just say it. And to, even this is also an MMA and people that know me. I'm not a big fan of guys missing weight. I, you got two jobs to do. Train and make weight. If you cannot do either or, you should not be doing this. It is a disrespect to your opponent. The fact that your opponent put in the work, however long he, they do their training camps, or some do it six anywhere from six to 12 weeks. If you cannot sacrifice, make, if you cannot make weight, you should not, you're not being a professional. It's very unprofessional. It would be unprofessional of me if I came in late. To do this podcast, it would be it would have been unprofessional for you to come in late. You know what? You can't do it. It's unacceptable. And I like Liam Smith. I, he's a good dude. I've talked to him, but it's unacceptable. At the end of the day, you can't you can't do that. Excuse and all these guys have excuses. Women have these guys and girls have excuses. And everyone, you know what they say about a holes? Everyone's got one. That, and that's how I compared it in this situation. And I, it's unacceptable. But the fact that a world title fight and you miss weight, got to reconsider, son. You have to. At the end of the day, Liam Smith's got to reconsider because it's unacceptable. And he doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be a world champion at this point, in my honest opinion. I agree. For any of the Liam, for any of the Liam Smith fans out there, that's my honest opinion. <laughs> I agree. And – just sort of rub salt on the wound about this whole missing weight situation. And by the way, it was the for the interim WBO World Super Welterweight Championship. And it was a mouthful. That's why I couldn't remember because it was the name is so long. Um, what happened was um, Liam Smith was losing this fight. Clearly. I, I think I had a Liam Smith winning maybe two rounds. And that's about it. And I think that's what the judges had. If I remember correctly, what happened was uh, around the ninth round, uh, Liam Smith uh, headbutted uh, Liam Williams, and it cut a massive uh, gash on his eye. It's so much so to the point that the corner had to stop the fight. Williams' corner stopped the fight, and Liam Smith was awarded the winner in a fight that he missed weight, in a fight that he was losing, a title fight, and he did not. Um, and so oh. the title remained vacant because of it. And it was such a damn shame for the sport of boxing. I mean, it really was. Now, you mean to tell me. See, and I, and I wrecked my brain about this because I didn't watch the fight until the other day. I found it on uh, YouTube. You mean, and this part boggles my mind. And if I remember correctly, and I've been watching this sport a very long time. After the fourth round, no, it's, I take that back. Because it's after if it's after the fourth round and they don't deem it 
if they deem it accidental, the fighter wins by the fighter wins by TKO. If it's before the fourth round, then it goes to the scorecards. Actually, wait a minute. No, it's the other, other way around. It's the other way around. If it's before the fourth round, it's deemed a no contest. If it's after the fourth round, they're supposed to go to the scorecards. I'm still. I've sent an email to the WBO, and I haven't gotten a response for a clarification. The sense of why they just didn't go to the scorecards. I had Liam Smith winning a round. Six rounds going into the ninth, and he just looked terrible. He didn't look like the guy that he can say what he want about how he fought against Canelo Alvarez. I I gave and I gave Liam Smith a lot of credit last week. I thought he fought. He got dominated, but you know what? He came out and fought every round in this fight, and I he did himself a disservice. Not only missing weight. But how he fought in his performance. Now the headbutt was accidental. It wasn't an intentional headbutt. I I will give him that. No, won the fight. That should have been should have went to the scorecards. Williams should have won the fight. For one reason or another, the great men, way too many organizations in boxing decided that uh, we're going to give Liam Smith the winner. He'll be the winner by a TKO, which was a little ridiculous. But plain and simple. Absolutely agree. Um, so we got the positive. So we got the announcement. We discussed this last week. Ward Kovalev two, um, and we got the first press conference. And you were very vocal about it on Twitter. Uh, I don't remember if I actually said anything about it, but I, if not, I'm going to say it right now. Ward did not do himself any favors whatsoever in trying to sell this fight after the. Let's face it, disappointing numbers. The first fight had on pay-per-view only, what, 170,000, 150,000 buys? Ward, this was the perfect chance for Ward to fire back at Kovala after all the trash talk he'd been doing in the months after the fight. And Ward's like, I'm not going to do any trash talking. No, not going to do any of it. (laughs) This was, man... We said this last week, and I've been very... And I've, if you do, I talked to him before the first fight. I have no problem with Andre Ward, the fighter. Fighter. He is one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world today. That is unquestioned. You cannot argue that. But Andre Ward is his own worst enemy. There's a great article on Yahoo Sports by Chris Mannix even going into this from that press conference that you're talking about in New York. And, and I said this last week. He just, he, this, this, cat, this guy doesn't get it. He's getting horrid advice. Regardless of what you want to say about the Super 6, he beat the best 168-pound fighters in the world. It took so long, fans did lose interest, but he beat the Best 168-pound fighters in the world. Blast Chad Dawson. He Chad Dawson wasn't even in that fight. It was an 11-round massacre by Andre Ward. Made him a superstar. They should have put him at a level that he should be at. Playing well, why? Why am I? Then he complains, well, why am I not a star? And you got guys like Floyd Mayweather. Well, he should be a star. Well, look in the mirror. When it. And Andre Ward keeps blaming the media. Well, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to talk to me. Well, when people want to talk to him, 
they don't he doesn't want to talk. It's just kind of this whole him against the world mentality. That first fight should have done gangbusters. Sergey Kovalev did his job. He sold the fight the best he could. But when you have an unwilling participant, Sergey Kovalev is brand new to the, the pay-per-view audience of the United States. He's new to the United States in general. He's only been fighting here for about five years. Andre Ward's a staple in American boxing. It's get your get your bleep together, man. Come on. He should be a megastar. But he doesn't. He's unwilling. You don't have to go be Floyd Mayweather. But show some color. Show some personality. He's as bland. He's bland as weak old bride. He's that bland. <laughs> I've talked to him. I talked to him before the Kovalev fight. I couldn't get nothing out of him. I had his publicist t- send me a text message and apologize. I had HBO texting me and emailing me apologizing to me. I made chicken bleep out of chicken into chicken salad, but he didn't give me much. And that's his biggest problem. He, he's a, he wants the coverage. But he wants it on his terms. He wants his cake. He wants the chocolate and the vanilla cake. And he wants to eat both cakes. He's unwilling to share a cake. And I think that's unfortunate because if he lets people in and shows who he really is, this guy can be a star. He can be a mega star. But he will never be a mega star until he learns the. And I'm not saying this because I'm in the media. I'm saying this even just as a boxing fan. There is no reason he should not be a megastar. It's unacceptable at this point. It took that third press conference in Oakland for him to finally open up and get it together a little bit. It shouldn't have taken three. New York was the place to do it. There's, there's more eyes with the New York media. I know tons of media that were coming in just into New York for this presser. And he... And he fell flat on his face as usual. Kovalev did his job. I thought Kovalev did fine. For li- how limited Kovalev is, I thought he did fine. Andre Ward had a chance and, and once again disappointed the fans and the public in that aspect. Because there, and you know this, and we've talked about it last week. The storylines there, the controversial decision. Many people, including myself, think Kovalev won the fight. He, I. I think I can, out of 50, I've talked to a lot of journalists. I think I've found like two or three that gave the fight to Andre Ward. And a lot of fans think the same thing. So that's all you need to base it on. No excuses? That's a lame freaking tagline, if you ask me. But Andre Ward should not have excuses. Blaming them, you want no excuses? Andre Ward needs to remember that catchphrase and have no, he has no excuses of why he shouldn't be a megastar. It's his own fault. And it sucks because he's that good. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, hopefully he sells the fight a little bit better in the lead-up to the fight. We still have a a ways to go. We have a ton of fights uh, coming into next week. I mean, Sean Porter versus Andre Berto. That that card's going to be ridiculous. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting word on probably either today or tomorrow from 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 the Barclays and the people in charge of the fight to see if I'm approved for a press pass. I think I'm going to get it, hopefully. Uh, and that's going to be a good – and the card's going to be really good. 
um, Amanda Serrano for fans of women's boxing from who remember her from the uh, not Gervonta Davis, uh, James DeGale versus Bado Jack back in January. She's going to be fighting again, which I think is going to be awesome. Luis Ortiz, King Kong Ortiz, he's, he's a star in the he's a, he's a gem. He's a star. Despite his age, he is a star in the making. Could be a really fun fight, a uh, really fun fighter to watch. Jormel Charlo for the WBC middleweight title. That's going to be a junior middleweight. That's going to be super fun. And Sean Porter versus Andre Berto. Winner fights Keith Thurman. I mean, this is a fantastic card. And really... No, card, really. Was I was just going to say, the card's amazing. It really is. It's, you couldn't get a better card. We'll talk about it more next week, but no, that card is that card is stacked. You need They better let you win to the Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. Carlos Toro and Fightful Online need to be in... Fightful.com needs to be in the house. We're two for two in the Barclays Center. I think you'll get it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, and then on the, on the flip side... We've had um, we have a Tom Frank pay per view uh, happening at the same time. Uh, the timing was is not great because it's like more or less happening at the same time as the Showtime card at the Barclays Center. But I like what Tom Frank is doing and dedicating a pay per view with the some of their lesser known world title holders. And I like what they're doing once again a Tom Frank pay per view with three world title fights. Um, I think that's going to be really good for the sport, and I think I, I like this. I like what Top Rank is doing. No, what they're doing, it like you said, I like it too real quick. It's smart. Put, give the guys that don't it's – not, like, it's not going to do gangbusters on pay-per-view. They're not looking for this to do gangbusters. And just talking to people there, 50,000 buys. If they get the, – their impression, that their words to me, or they would be – paraphrasing, is they would be happy with – Around fifty thousand, they'd be happy. This is just more show, just for some of the talent, like you said, that isn't getting that opportunity. And I give them credit because no one else is doing it. You know, Golden Boy is doing it again on Fox Sports One. I would like to see Topper and get a TV deal so they don't have to foot this expense of pay per view all the time. I, you know, hopefully down the line they can get a deal with one in, with a, a cable network, and whether it's like a Fox Sports One or ESPN or. China, there's really no other cable outlet, you know, like a sports outlet, but it'd be like an ESPN or a Fox Sports or, you know, something along that line, get some type of deal. I know I think it would be very beneficial instead of having a paper. It costs a lot of money to run pay per view. If pay per view isn't cheap to run, so because then even the providers get, they get a little bit of a kickback and everything, they get some of the, the revenue. So if you can get a cable network, you can get a yearly, you can get a deal. As Spike TV's looking, <laughs> PBC. And we'll talk about that in a moment, but you know that's, you know that's another area they can go. So I think it's interesting. So I would try cable TV, but you never know. It's, it would save them money at the end of the day, and you should be making money instead of losing money. And just to run that really quick, the uh, the card for that top rank paper because I have it right here and I'm looking at it. Oscar Valdez versus Miguel Mariaga for the WBO featherweight title. Uh, Gilberto Ramirez versus Max Bursack for the WBO super middleweight title. And Jesse Magdanello versus Edison Dos Santos for the junior featherweight title. And that's a, that's a pretty decent card. I mean, Gilber- Gilberto Ramirez, and I'm going to say it in English. I don't know why I say Gilberto when I can clearly say it in Spanish very easily, Gilberto. But, uh, yeah, you got those three, fi- those three title fights. Those are pretty good. And, you know, as you mentioned, the P- uh, PBC's deal with Spike TV ended 
And boy, this has been a a roller coaster of an experiment. This entire PBC uh, thing that they've been doing for the past few weeks—it's been some good, some pretty bad. Because a lot of the fights kind of uninteresting, if you if I'm being completely honest. But I give credit that the I like the concept, the fact that you have the uh, premier boxing champions and going to so many different networks and broadcasting fights. I like the fact that they're able to broadcast Deontay Wilder fights. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, the concept is good. You know, I'm going to preface this with this. You know, I like the guys over there. And the concept is good. And there's a lot, and a lot of guys there work hard. The idea of going to different networks. Like, you know, I liked it. NBC, CBS, like you said, you brought up Dante Wilder on Fox. You know, like Bounce and Bounce TV. A lot of these cards are crap. Why do I want to always? I don't want to see. And I use Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia as an example. A fight people want to see. You had the hot, you had five point one million people watching the twelfth round. You had an average of three point seven four million people. People wanted to see that fight. The Deontay Wilder fight averaged 1.85 million people. Gerald Washington, they told the story well. If you promote it well and tell a story, people will be interested. People, Deontay Wilder is going to be a star if he can, it continues to progress. Have you a championship of the world? But people don't want to see Carlos Toro versus Steve Muehlhausen as your main event on Spike TV. They were... They were putting mismatches on Spike. Danny Garcia against the bum. Adana Stevenson against the bum. Adrian Broner against the scrub. A scrub. The best fight they put on there was Amir Khan and Chris Algieri. And that was 
to go. It's like, you know, it comes at a point where, and this is, and this has been my knock on Al Heyman, and the concept is that, okay, we're getting boxing on free TV. Awesome. Put on some fights that people are interested in. If it means less is more, go do, then, then do that. Every card should be a quality. Every card can't be Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia. I get it. Please put, if you got the world champ, if you got an Adonis Stevenson, he's got to be in there with a top 10 opponent. To prove his worth. Not a guy that's like unranked and, or you're putting Danny Garcia in against a guy who he's going to mop in, in eight rounds. People don't want to see, see competitive fights. And when you're not putting on competitive fights, ladies and gentlemen, the, Spike did the right thing here. You know, and I've talked to Spike. Spike said they're open, and they've – and I know David Schwartz has come out with quotes and just talking to people there. They're willing to work with them if it's the right fight. They were tired of the mismatches. And and, and, and that kicker out of this, Al Heyman's doing time buys with NBC and Fox. Them and you still couldn't give them quality matchups. They're losing. It would blow your mind of how much money this comp they're losing on this venture. Mismatches. Put on quality fights. It's been proven that model works. It's the way to go. That's how people get noticed. That's how you become famous. That's how you make money. Just that no one's going to watch is going to make no one money. The end game here for El Heyman with the time buys was to make money. You had a company willing to pay you, and you still screwed it up. People could say all they want, but if you want to blame someone, blame El Heyman on this venture. I don't blame anyone else but him. You blame the top person. You blame the guy at the top. He's the guy at the top running the ship. He's to blame here. People that are all the fighters that are Al Heyman guys and fans that like Al, but he's to blame here. Yeah, and overall, listen, I've enjoyed some of the cards. I've had to cover some of the cards. I, for the most part, it has not been great, as you mentioned. The one of the best fights was two years ago. We have not had a car uh, a card. Not just a fight, a card that's up to that level since. And it really honestly has been disappointing. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't. I think boxing is not improving because of PBC. I mean, it's in a way, it's kind of hindering it despite it because fans are tuning out to this fight. Unless it's a Deontay Wilder or unless it's like a Chris Algieri versus Amir Khan. It's not going to be. If you, you know what? Fight, I agree. going to watch it. It's that whole adage of, and this is, you know, the UFC show is, tom- is uh, tomorrow. Fighter in the world fighting in Demetrius Johnson. Get into MMA for a quick second. I'm going to watch it because it's the best fighter in the world. And then you got an undercard featuring top fighters. Now I'm going to watch. That card's going to get about three and a half, average about three and a half million viewers. You're giving me a reason to watch. If I'm watching a boxing card on CBS, give me give me a reason to watch. Fans want a reason. Fans, will, it has been proven. Fans will stay home on a, set, a Friday or a Saturday night if you give them something that's worth their while. 
I, they will not watch. It's common sense one on one, and as I, I think El Heyman is. He's got a big stable of fighters. You cannot tell me you can't match them together, and that goes back to the politics of boxing. Okay, we talked about that at the beginning. So reluctant to face each other, and then they complain that no one's watching. You get no one to blame but yourself. I don't feel bad for these guys when they when they bitch and they moan and they complain. Look in the mirror and blame yourself for the reluctance. It's exactly how it is. It's, it's unfortunate because boxing should be bigger than mixed martial arts. Boxing always was. You know, and these promoters, you know, and managers and advisors and all, and all these other guys, they're putting their foots in their mouths here and they're, they're tying themselves up here and they got no one to blame but themselves. They can make more money, but they're not. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of need to market a lot. Also, you need to market these guys exceedingly well, and they really have not been. Um, and one no. big fighter, yeah, I, I agree. And and one big fighter. Go back real quickly before we go into the next topic. You talked about marketing. They just don't doesn't do it well. They're getting better. The WWE does it fantastically. I think WWE does it better than anybody else in terms of marketing. And I'm going to have some stuff coming out next week and, you know, talking about marketing. But it should be so easy to market a lot of these guys, and they don't do it. I'm going to get that off my chest because that so bothers me in this sport. Easy, you can market. I wasn't – why didn't we see Keith Thurman around after he beat Danny Garcia? Five million people watched. I didn't see Keith Thurman do one interview after the fight. Interview with Keith Thurman. I got turned down. I don't get turned down for interviews. Oh, he wants to rest after the fight. Well, you can't tell me Keith Thurman can't do three days of two or three days of media. Five million people watched your damn fight, man. With you in the fact that you couldn't take another two or three days. Five million, I'll preface it again, five million people, a boxing fight in over 21 years on on cable and or network television, and your refusal to talk to the media, it's unacceptable. You're going to get so many stories. Keith Thurman could have became a star in three days. Instead, Keith Thurman is doing who knows what. I don't know what Keith Thurman's doing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care now. I don't care now for another four months of what Keith Thurman's doing. Yeah, that's and that is honestly the, the problem. It really was. Um, so, yeah, so right now moving on to another big fighter, uh, Canel Alvarez. Uh, he said, and I'm, I'm reading right now the, the official quote uh, said for a translator, uh, that he wants to return to middleweight. He's returning to middleweight after this fight with Julio Cesar Chavez and said, look, I'm not a current world champion in middleweight. I have been in the past, but I'm not now. And as far as the weight after this fight, I'm not looking past this fight. I'm focused 100% on this fight, but I'm now staying at middleweight. I'll stay at 160 pounds. Aside from the obvious question is whether or not he will actually fight at 160 pounds or get or force his opponents to do a 155 catch weight. That's another question. But this is kind of basically the indication that, hey, I want Golovkin. This is going to probably happen. 
He might, he will probably have, he'll probably fight Billy Joe Saunders first to get that world title. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, that's the route to go. Get Canelo to fight Billy Joe Saunders. Get Canelo to beat Billy Joe Saunders. And then you have your Golovkin versus uh, Canelo, champion versus champion, all for all the world titles. All the world titles. And there you have your absolute perfect fight uh, since Pacquiao Mayweather. He's going to stay at 160. I think it's smart. There's no point of, you know, we talked, I think we've talked about this in terms of, you look at when Rory Jones moved up to heavyweight. Ruiz. He moved up to the fight John Ruiz, and Rory Jones was never the same. And when he went back down and he had those fights with Antonio Tarver, he just wasn't the same. The risk you take. And Rory Jones, question, and he still remained steadfast and that he made the right decision. And if, But if you look at, just look at what happened, Rory was never the same after that fight. And I think Canelo, it's smart here by Canelo. But he has to be committed to 160. He can't be, oh, I'm going to take a fight at 54. Maybe maybe I'll take a fight at a catchweight at 50. You know, it's one of those things where he has to stay at 60. And like you said, Carlos, he has to stay committed. And that's the thing. And we'll get into Billy Joe Saunders in a moment, but could that happen? Yeah. I can see that. I'm talking to Canelo this week, this coming week, and I'll see where his head's at on it. I don't know if he's on that one fight at a time. And, you know, it's Golovkin. I know he's already tired of hearing about Triple G, but this is a big step for Canelo. I think he's now making the sacrifice of, like, you know what? I have the power to be here. I can fight at 160 pounds. You know, I think it's also just going through camp. And I think he's just seen, okay, I can really do this at 160 pounds. I think maybe there were before, and there obviously was some reluctance. That's why he was fighting at, like you said, he was taking fights at 155. But I like the move. It's a smart move. I think now he's getting it. You know, I think it's now come to the point where he's, he's running the ship. I think it's. I think it's before, you know, it'd be kind of like you look at, he's here, Oscar's like up here. Oscar's still running the ship. Now you're starting to slowly see Canelo be like, you know what, man? You work for me. And that's how it should be in boxing. That's how it should be in works. A fighter. The fighter wants to make fight somebody, the promoter needs to go make the fight. You know, and I think Canelo's tired of hearing about Golovkin. I think Golovkin's, I think Canelo is tired of the public saying, make a decision. You need, you are either going to fight at 160 or we're not going to. And you look at the, his pay-per-view numbers with Khan. They weren't as good as they were with, with Cotto. You went from 930,000 buys and you went to about a little bit over 600. People are getting tired of the, of the, the waffling and the wavering of him and I think he and he and you and he was smart enough to recognize that the fight with Liam Smith and didn't do very well so I think he's become business savvy enough and being around the right people to where okay this is the decision I need to make and I give him credit he doesn't bow down to nobody he takes the fight he'll fight the best this guy doesn't care it's always Ben Oscar it always until he now it seems like he's growing up here now I think he's taking control of his career, and I'm not saying he's even going to beat Chavez, and we'll get into that in a couple of weeks, but 
I like his direction. I like the mindset here. I really do because I think he's starting to grow. He's still young. He fought Floyd Mayweather at 23 years old. You know, and a lot of people don't remember that he's 27 years old now, but, you know, he's still young. He's growing. He's a growing guy. He's still trying to grow into his body, and he's finally starting to. And I think we're going to see the fruits of that labor coming up on May 6th. I really do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think. And I know that was a long way to die, Trevor. And you forget, and uh, you mentioned people forget he's young. I sometimes forget that he's only twenty-seven years old because he's been in so many big fights. You think that he's in his um, way closer to being thirty, thirty-one years old than being twenty-seven. And yeah, I agree. And listen, and you mentioned Billy Joe Saunders and how I think that fight should happen because that great marketing, long-term for a Gennady Golovkin fight, and Billy Joe Saunders is not doing himself any favors. I we we spoke about this last week, and Billy Joe Saunders wanted wanted to give uh, he gave an ultimatum to Golovkin. Listen, you're fighting me, and you're signing that contract in ten days or less, or we're not doing this. And you and I both completely laughed and scoffed at Billy Joe Saunders and Frank Warren, his promoter, thinking that Billy Joe Saunders has absolutely any leverage whatsoever, considering the fact that. He is a significantly less of a star than Gennady Golovkin is, considering the fact that he only has one title and not a lot of people pay attention to him, considering the fact that his stock went down unbelievably low after that very poor performance against Arthur Akhavov, where, honestly, he won the fight, but it was probably one of the weakest um, unanimous decision wins I have seen in a long time. So I really couldn't, I really don't think Golovkin should really be bothered a lot with Billy Joe Saunders. He already ha- Golovkin has a fight he, he, with well, not confirmed, but we 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 want to see a Daniel Jacobs Golovkin too. We want to see that a hell of a lot more than Golovkin Billy Joe Saunders. You know, we, like you said, we scoffed at it. The only people Billy Joe Saunders can make ultimatums to be the guys like me and you. And, our, and everyone watching. He's got no – and he basically got laughed at by it. And it was smart for Golovkin not to take the fight. He doesn't – you know, and this shows that his focus is where it should be. He doesn't need to worry about Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders needs Gennady Golovkin more than Gennady Golovkin will ever need Billy Joe Saunders. That fight will eventually happen. Billy Joe Saunders needs to stay f- – stay active That's it. and start accepting quality fights before he can sit and make demands. Go fight somebody that is worth our while and that I'm, we're going to have some interest in. He needs to do that first before he can sit and make demands at Gennady Golovkin or Canelo Alvarez or anybody else. He needs to do that first. Golovkin's still hurting from the Jacobs fight too. You know, there was some stuff out this week that he's been saying and just kind of fishing around. Talking to Tom Loeffler, Tom said the same thing. You know, he's hurting, and, you know, we want to be ready for September if Canelo gets by, if he gets by uh, Chavez Jr. So it's a smart move by Gennady Golovkin. Billy Joe Saunders, buddy, you need to go fight somebody that is worth our time. Be a champion. Stop facing guys that are ranked like 15. Face a guy that and, and finish. Just don't win a lackluster decision, like, like Carlos was saying. Win some fights. 
beat some quality opposition. Because then that makes the fight bigger, whether Billy Joe, whether Saunders fights, like you, you were talking about fighting Canelo or fighting Golovkin. If you're going to do that fight quality opponents, it, it makes everyone more money. That's because you hold a belt doesn't mean, hey, I got a belt. Well, you know what? Each organization has like 16 belts. So you know what? Prove to me that you're fighting quality opposition and making me some money. And then let's start talking dollars and cents. Because right now, Billy Joe Saunders is worth about, he's about as worth about as much as this pen cap. <laughs> That's how much Billy Joe Saunders is worth right now is his pen cap. So go fight somebody, buddy, before you can sit there and make demands like Gennady Golovkin or anybody else. Which, by the way, uh, and I just, I was just checking right now, just to be 100% sure, that the fight against Akavov last December was his first title defense since winning the belt from Andy Lee. Yeah, which a lot of people already don't, didn't think Billy Yosanda was beating uh, Andy Lee to begin with, and now he thinks he's off, he was off for a year. Fights Akavov, who was I think was I think as you mentioned fifteenth in the WBO rankings. Fair. I think he was like 15 or – he was in the top 20. He wasn't in the top 10 that I did. I think Maybe. he was like, and again, He was around 15 last time I looked. Yeah, and, and then you have a incredibly lackluster performance against Arthur Akavov. And then really that – you have absolutely zero right. And I it's like, like get out of here. It's like, get out of here, son. Get out of here. Guys, yeah. it, it's, the guy, it's like Adonna Stevenson. And I don't want to talk much about Adonis Stevenson, but he's fighting Fatfora again. Why? He lost his last fight. What? That's another thing that blows my mind about Adonis Stevenson. He makes these claims. He got in the ring and he confronted Sergey Kovalev after, I think after he beat Muhammad. And I was like, okay, maybe this fight's going to happen. But Adonis Stevenson just thinks he's worth more than he is. It's like, he's another one that needs to fight. He's the... These guys are, they got to be like links somehow. They have to be like brothers from another mother or brothers from another father or something because they basically have the same DNA. Taking fights that make no sense and fighting guys that don't deserve fights. But I'm sorry, that you said that and that had me thinking about the dynasty. No, I, I agree. I agree. They, I and saw the announcement from Farmers like, okay, really don't care much. Does he really no. never does himself any favors in marketing himself as we were talking about? Some of these fighters, they don't like marketing themselves. I'm right now looking. Yes, the last time he fought in the United States, outside of, or at least outside of Canada, 2011, before he was the champion, before he was even a regional champion at another weight class against Shuja El Amin. Who? Exactly. You know, I'm not going to bash Canada because I think the Canadian market, there's something there. You look at when Hopkins fought Pascal in those two fights. Those fights did did awesome in Canada. It did awesome in Montreal. You know, and I know Pascal's fought there in the past. Lucien Boutet and Pascal fought there. It sold out the Bell Center. You know, there's a room for Canadian boxing. I'm not going to sit here and bash Canada. But when you're only fighting in one spot and not making yourself more remarkable, you're making guys come to you. Which okay, you're the champion, you're fighting lesser known guys, they have to come to you. But when you're fighting guys, and this is I think his problem. 
and I, I'm going to make, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty right in saying this. Come here because I think it's his reluctance that he don't think he's going to win. To the day, these champions are guaranteed at least a million dollars. You know, why is he going to turn down a million dollars to fight a bunch of bums? He would have to come here and face a guy like Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward, where he would get crushed. No pun intended in terms of Kovalev, but he would get crushed by Kovalev or Andre Ward. And that's his reluctance to come here. And that's that will, and you talked about him becoming a superstar. That will prohibit Adonis Stevens and Billy Joe Saunders. They'll be fighting more often here. You can be a European star, but you got to at least fight here once a year or once every other year. You know, I give Klitschko credit for it. He'll fight here once every other year. And he's a big enough name now in the sport to where he can mainly fight in Europe. And that's fine. He's Vladimir Klitschko. He's earned that respect. And I think that's unfortunate, like you said, in terms of marketing. Yeah. And uh, and we don't have a whole ton of time here, but I don't want to leave the podcast without talking about a certain fight that officially oh, got made one. official. This is a good way to go ahead. I'm sorry. This is a great way to end this podcast. Uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn. It's official, like super official, about as official as it can be. It's been technically official since last week, but it wasn't. But it was, but now everything's kind of already put in place. As we've talked about this in the last two in the last two weeks, um, Pacquiao versus Horn. It's mainly for one to have like a world tour for Manny Pacquiao, and two because it's Jeff Horn and he's huge in Australia, and I and they want to sell fifty five thousand um, seats in Brisbane. So I mean, overall. Really not much to say from what we've already discussed other than Pacquiao's going to win. Horn is not on Manny's level, not even close. I don't know why you're throwing a guy like Jeff Horn, who may have some potential to be a star, into the fires disc early into his career. Overall, I, I, uh, we, we both kind of agree. This is really much to sell the fight in Australia more so than to help Jeff Horn or Manny Pacquiao for that matter. <laughs> I got a. I haven't told the only person I told this was my wife. The the how I found out the fight was official was through a text message from Pacquiao's advisor Michael Conn at four forty five in the morning. I didn't notice it until I woke up in the, in the, later on in the morning. <laughs> His whole diatribe it was great. A kick out of it, and. I get it. Like you said, I get it. It's 55,000 people. It's also kind of a deal with Ducao events, which, you know, promotes Joseph Parker, the WBI, when you remember. WBO, I believe. WBO heavyweight champion. Joseph Parker is an amazing fighter. That's another guy who I, you know, I'm really high on. And it was part of it. And this is kind of what I've been starting to get told. I don't agree with it, but we'll break it down here. Bob Arum and Top Rank have agreed to Joseph Parker. And from putting just A and putting X and Y together promotes Jeff Horn. And this is kind of like the sweetener. Okay, we'll do this, but you got to give us this. And, and Bob's willing to do it. And, 
you know, it's like you said, it's 55,000 tickets. Everyone's going to make a crack load of money. The fight does, like you said, the fight doesn't make sense. I, we get it. We're both on the same page on that. We get it in terms of dollars and cents and helps Jeff Horn to the fact that he fought Manny Pacquiao. And I'm not trying to discredit Jeff Horn, but the best guy he's fought is Randall Bailey, and Randall Bailey is 15 years past his prime. He hasn't fought anybody. He fought a guy 15 years ago that was a world champion. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Beyond that, Jeff Horn's fought nobody. And I, this is going to be a complete mismatch. It's a world tour. It's a little deal with Duke events. Everyone is happy. Everyone's going to make their money. I think man. And the key thing to remember here, fight Manny Pacquiao and, Michael, and his advisor, Michael Conswani. They didn't want this fight. They wanted Adrian Broner, Terrence Crawford. These are the guys that they're looking for. Floyd Mayweather. These are like the fights that they're looking for. Do too much for them here. More than like making some money and padding his record. And, and I've blasted Manny. And it is disappointing. I think Manny could have spoke up more. I've been like, hey, let's go. They tried to make the con fight. And for one reason or another, they felt with the backers it wasn't it was a little fishy out in the UAE. Manny's contract ends at the end of the year with top rank. I think people need to remember this. I think this is – it's not fully out there yet, but it's something that you really need to keep an eye on. See, he should fight from what I'm told he's going to fight in November. He'll complete that final fight in this top rank contract, and then, and then I think he's going to go a different route at that point. But – um, it makes no sense. It's 4th of July weekend. We're going to have to cover it. It's like, oh, I got better things to do. You got better things to do. Talk about, though, and complain about and moan about and act like a bunch of old men about. But, you know, I, it, but it sucks because I think it's not doing the boxing fan. It's doing the boxing fan a disservice. And it's also the fact that it seems like this is going to, I know they're talking to HBO about putting this on free HBO. Taking the head as you will. They don't even – Bob Arum's already conceded that this isn't a pay-per-view level fight. This shows you this is all about the money. I should have said that at the beginning, but that's kind of where this is at here. And HBO hasn't given – I've reached out to them. They haven't given me a yay or an A on – but I know the talks are happening. So it sucks. but. Manny Pacquiao is fighting. Manny Pacquiao does bring – he does generate some excitement. So I think he's good, and he's a Hall of Famer. champion in the history of the sport. So Manny in the ring. I have my signed Manny Pacquiao glove right here that they sent me. Yes. I think I got this right. No, I do not got this right. I do apologize for for the fans out there. They sent me. I don't even know why they sent it to me. To be quite honest, I got something in the mail. My wife's like, you got something from UPS, from Top Rank. I'm like, what? They sent me a signed glove. I was like, okay. It was after the Vargas Fest. I thought that was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. That's my, my boxing story. But, no, it, it's a disappointment. I think you talked about 300,000 buys, 300, buys on pay-per-view for the Vargas fight. What did they do? It really was, just considering. Oh, but, and I think Aaron realizes that. So, I think, I think being on HBO, I think, would be cool. Hopefully HBO picks it up because I think, I think this fight does. I think just the spectacle 
of 55,000 people, I think, is is a good way to sell it, too, is the fact that it's going to be sold out. You got a legend in the sport. You got a guy who's popular in the country. Why not? And it'll do great ratings for HBO. It'll probably do about 2 million viewers. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's a win-win if they get it on HBO. I really do. Let's hope HBO unleashes the, the, check, the checkbook a little, little bit here and, and takes that fight. So I think it would be exciting. Yep, I absolutely agree. Um, so, yeah, so I think that about wraps it up for the for – the Oh, one more thing, for, one more. Oh, yep. Let's talk Joshua and Klitschko real quick. Um, in terms of everyone's been asking me about TV, a question, and I got – I did get some information and told, and this has been confirmed. I know ESPN's put out something about it, and um, HBO have offered $3 million to air the fight. And from what I've been told, and this is kind of how, this is how it's looking like it's going to go as of right now. Showtime would air it live because Joshua is the champion. So, a fight would air live on Showtime in at Wembley Stadium in England. Then HBO would air it on a tape delay four hours later at 10 Eastern. This seems like that's the way it's going to go. The fight was it was supposed to be announced last week, and they're haggling over a press release. <laughs> it, HBO wanted to announce it during the Lomachenko fight. Showtime was like, well, we don't want you that. You know, because you're going to do it on your network and you're going to get a jump. It's like, why, how are you going to get a jump? So that's how, it, that's it, as of right now, looking like it's going to go. They don't have much time. If they're going to do it, it's got to be either, I would say Monday. You have to really get on this so you can, you don't, you don't have much time. The fight's in two weeks. So you, hopefully they get this done. They announce it either today or Monday. So they're your only options here. And, both commentating teams would be in England. It wouldn't be how they usually do it at a studio or they would do it inside an arena. It, they Both broadcast teams will be in, in London, England. So that is the latest on that. And if there's a rematch, if Klitschko wins, and this, is, this has been confirmed, then the roles would just be reversed. If, there, if, there is a, if Klitschko wins because there, there is a rematch clause in the contract. If Klitschko wins, the rematch will happen, and then it would just be HBO would air it live, and then Showtime would air it on tape delay. And they're haggling over Showtime leaking spoilers and causing people not to watch on HBO. So that's also like a little, also another little nugget. And there's still a lot going on there. It's unfortunate. This should we talked about this before. This should have been announced a while ago. So that is what's going on with that. Hopefully, we get something here in the next day or two. I want to get that in there because that is very important of what's because that is without a doubt the biggest heavyweight title fight since Lewis and Tyson. You heard it first from the man Stephen Muehlhausen. No, no, no! I hate when people say that. <laughs> well, listen, when people say that I, I'm nobody. Well, you're the guy that correctly predicted when Lomachenko would be Jason Sosa. So I got to give you props for that. <laughs> That I hate. I even hate doing predictions. And I had people come and leave me comments like, "Oh, you are right." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Good about that. But no, I was right. I 
I, I don't know. I'm a whole, I get shy when it comes to that stuff. I don't know why. Really? But no, I, I was right. Yeah, okay. I don't get too excited. I don't toot my horn too much. I, I really don't. There's a, we love doing this, and boxing's amazing. And you guys got to continue watching here. I'm, we're having a great time here, and we're glad you guys are watching. And that's the most important thing. You guys, and Carlos said this earlier, you guys got us here to be live. There's nothing. We're just the two, the two numbskulls sitting here, <laughs> spewing our guns off for an hour. But well, we want to thank you guys from the bottom of our heart. Thank you. It means a lot. And we greatly appreciate it. And continue watching. Absolutely. We'll be bringing uh, you a ton of coverage for the Porter Berto <laughs> fight. Uh, at some point today, uh, I'm going to guess, usually they sent me the approval on the Friday before, on the Friday, eight days before the fight actually happens. Uh, I'm going to guess within the next three, four hours, I'm going to get word as to. Uh, whether or not I'll get press credentials. I'll probably still go regardless because it is a major fight. And we'll, and if I do, uh, we'll be bringing you tons of interviews. Uh, I'm certainly going to talk to a lot of the fighters. I'm going to try to see if I can talk to King Kong Ortiz, to Amanda Serrano, who I've already spoken to. Great fighter, great face for um, women's boxing. Uh, talking to Sean Porter, Andre Berto. A lot of stuff. We're going to bring you tons of stuff. And April, May, June, that's going to be a huge three-month stretch for the sport of boxing. So, again, thank you so four much. Four months. If you think if, – four months. Oh, July. If you think about it, yeah. April – we're not done with April. You still got two big cards. You got May, June, and you got beginning of July with Manny and Jeff Horton. So, a lot of exciting times coming up, gents. Or we're going to get – or we're going to knock you – or as LL, LL Cool J says – Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> yes, I win LL Cool J. My top hat, my backwards hat in the glasses. On next week, I will have the backwards hat in the, gla- in the sunglasses. Okay, so we did, LL, we did LL Cool J this week. We did Sandlot last week. Sandlot, yes, sir. I got, I got comments on the Sandlot. People thought that was great. I think it's great. Sandlot's phenomenal. I, love I got to watch that this weekend. Now you got me wanting to watch the Sandlot. I'm going to do that today. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I definitely probably won't have any time today because I got tons of uh, broadcast, other broadcasting duties and reporting uh, duties for baseball. But other than that, yeah, I actually might want to watch it because I've been in the back of my mind since we did the last podcast. And, uh, yeah, uh, depending how what the schedule for the Berto and Porter event it's is looking like later next week. Uh, we hopefully we'll do. We still get to do a podcast on Thursday and Friday. We most certainly get work. And uh, and yeah, once again, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for the first ever uh, live boxing podcast here at Fightful.com. And um, yeah, and Steven, do you want to do any plugs at the end uh, as we're wrapping up the show? Just follow everybody. You know, follow follow Carlos at Carlos Toro 360. Follow me at S Muehlhausen MMA. That's M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N MMA. Fight follow Fightful on Twitter at Fightful Online. Follow all the great podcasts, man. We got a raw SmackDown. That stuff with Showdown Joe daily MMA podcast. We got stuff with Matt Riddle, the the biggest independent star in professional wrestling. WCW champion in the cruiserweight division, Shane Helms. 
got Sean Pearson, the man with the best hair in MMA, Elias Theodore. So we got a lot of awesome podcasts. We're, the site is growing. I'm always getting – people never heard of this site like a couple months ago. And now everyone's asking, man, you're doing stuff for these guys. I'm like, absolutely, man. I'm like, these are, big, these are great cats, man. I love working with you guys. I love the site. I think the site's amazing. And we're starting to take over one step at a time, one small step for mankind, as I say. When we're taking over, we're getting there. Everyone for watching it means a lot to us. And everyone have a happy Easter. Yep. Everybody have a great Easter. Enjoy uh, the great UFC card that we have on on Saturday. FIFO's going to have coverage of that. And, um, yeah, Carlos Toro, uh, Stephen Muehlhausen, signing out. This has been the first ever live boxing podcast. And, uh, again, once again, thank you so much. So, nice to see Stephen doing a little bit of a shadow boxing in front of the computer screen. <laughs> hey, um, get excited, man. Yeah, we're, we're all excited. We are definitely excited for the future of the boxing section of Fightful. Carl Starr with Stephen Muehlhausen, signing out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.